For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to Richard Skipper Celebrates. And today is our Friday wrap-up show. We're wrapping up the week. It's Good Friday. It's Passover. It's Easter weekend. It's a beautiful spring day here in New York. There's a lot to celebrate. It's National Anxiety Month. And uh, boy, did I have a lot of anxiety. That's why we're a little late running today. Uh, before we went live, uh, my camera would not start. Uh, I changed my colors uh, scheme in the back. Uh, we've gone back to my blue curtains. The green curtains uh, were uh, changing uh, my color palette with my face. Everything uh, was making everything uh, bright red. Uh, everything was changing. Uh, but tonight, we're going to be celebrating uh, the week we just had, uh, what we're going through. I know we've been through a lot this week. But what I want to do for the next hour is I want to celebrate the positivity and there is a lot of positivity in the world. Anyone who watches this show on a regular basis knows that I'm all about positivity. And I'd like to celebrate two positive things that happened just before I went live today. Uh, one thing that happened was that I received two things in the mail today. One thing that I received was this incredible book, Hide Your Love Away. Uh, some of you, uh, I hope, saw the show that I did a couple of weeks ago uh, when I had Rick and Robin on the show. And uh, they talked, uh, this book is incredible. And uh, we may talk a little bit about this book a little later in the show because that's worth revisiting again. And I also received this incredible gift in the mail today, Howard Tucker. Uh, Howard Tucker is not only a dear friend, uh, but he is uh, frequently here and watching the show. And he sent this uh, unsolicited in the mail today. It's a Be Kind Everyday Calendar. Uh, he knows me, reads me like a book. But today we're going to be celebrating uh, not only uh, the positive things that we've all been through, uh, the wonderful people that are here watching today. I've got some incredible people waiting in the wings, people that I love, people that have made an impact uh, in my life. And I reached out. Nobody knows who's coming on and when they're coming on. Uh, I'd like to say hello to Ron and Gary and Lisa, who are all waiting here uh, in the wings. Uh, and uh, I'd like, uh, let's see, I'm going to pick uh, someone randomly. Uh, I'm going to go with Lisa. Uh, and Lisa, our word for the day is independence. What does independence mean to you? Uh, independence for me uh, means being able to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, where I want to do it, how I want to do it, without having to get anyone else's permission. So that's the word for today. Uh, if any of you respond with the word independence, uh, you will receive uh, a special gift at the end of the show uh, that we will be giving out. And I found this wonderful uh, quote today, knowledge is exploding. So you need to commit yourself to a plan for lifelong learning. Uh, and that is what we're all going to be talking about today. So Lisa, I'd like you to pick a number one through five. Uh, and the number you pick will determine 
who we will be bringing on first. Uh, and then uh, once again, Howard Tucker is here. So thank you, Howard, for this incredible gift. I'm so excited. Lisa, as soon as your number pops in, uh, we will know who my first guest is uh, that we will be bringing on. So Lisa, bring that number on as quickly as possible, uh, and we will bring that person on. Uh, so uh, I'm waiting for Lisa. She's uh, being a little slow. So Lisa, get the number here. Uh, I will pull a number. Uh, I will pull something from the calendar. Let's see here. Um, since today is April 15th, let me go right to April 15th and let's see what the entry is, uh, since the calendar just arrived and we'll see what the, um, random act of kindness is. Daily act of kindness. Next time it rains, pick up earthworms off the sidewalk and set them off the grass. Something I would be doing. So Lisa picked the number three and that means our first guest is Todd Schroeder. Hello there. Hello, Todd. How, How are, are you? It's great to see you again, Todd. The last time that you were here, we were one-on-one. -on -one. You're going to be joining a few other friends here today. Uh, and then you were getting ready to come to New York uh, with Sam Harris. Yep. Uh, you were going to be at Feinstein's 54 Below. Huge smash of a hit. Yeah, I you. wasn't able to be there. because I know. I was waiting for my mug. Um, well, my husband got COVID. Oh, oh. And we were not able to go there. You would not Thank want you. us yes. to be there. So uh, we apologize for that. Uh, but I want to ask you, uh, first of all, uh, how did it feel to be back in New York in that time? You know, that was obviously the first time since before COVID. And, um, you know, I've been talking with friends and everything. And I was really, you know, thinking, oh, it's going to be kind of quiet and shut down. It wasn't. The, the whole city was exploding. Everybody was out. There was such a great energy. And it was really reaffirming that things are coming back. And uh, so it was really exciting to not only be in New York, which is always great, and great restaurants, but just to feel the energy of the, of the streets again. Now, uh, something I want to, we talked about this incredible uh, benefit that's coming up uh, in celebration of your daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, did that happen or is that still coming up? It's on April 30th, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's called the Todd Shorter Young Artist Grant, and it is a scholarship that I started 25 years ago, and I do a concert to raise money for it every year, and it's for graduating seniors from my hometown high school that want to pursue a career in the arts. And uh, so I do this concert every year to raise money for it, and this year, Sam Harris is coming up, Jason Alexander is coming up, uh, an incredible artist named Jordan Hill, who actually... Uh, when I first started the scholarship in 1995, she was 15 years old and she performed in it. She uh, had done the song from the movie Casper and had just signed a record deal with David Foster. And so she came up and performed. And so now all these years later, we're going to have her back. Uh, so and yeah, and, and it happens to fall on my daughter Julia's birthday. So there is a celebration for Julia as well as raising money for these kids. And Jason Alexander is very, very busy. He is directing a new play. Yes. Uh, coming out here uh, with my dear friend, Spencer Garrett. Yes, uh, yes. So I am going to be going to opening night. Any chance that you would be coming out for that? I don't, you know, we, we've talked about it because I saw Jason last week. He's in Florida. I'm going to see him again next week because we're rehearsing for the Benefit concert. And we've got some dates coming up. So it just has to do with scheduling and where I'm at and where he's at. But I know that he's very excited um to get out there and teach i think it's the bay street 
Theater is where the Bay Street uh, Theater. They're doing that, and he's very excited. And then there's some other things that he's doing that I'm not allowed to tell anybody yet. But I think you're going to see a lot of Mr. Alexander in the East Coast. Well, tell Mr. Alexander that when he's ready to talk about those things, he's got a platform that he can come to and talk about. I will about let him know, them. absolutely. I would love to have him here. So I'm going to pull a random question, as you know I do. Yes. And the random question for you is... Oh, wait, wait, before you do that, Richard, before you do that, I need to, to look at your, your hashtag independence. You have two eyes. And independent, is that on did I Did I do that? Did uh, Yes, I do. Thank you for catching that. Uh Thank you for catching that. I didn't know that, that. That brings me to, uh, you know, that's the perfect segue. <laughs> I'm good that's, like that. That's the perfect segue into, and I've got to fix that here. Hold on a second here. All right. Uh, I'm going to fix that here. Uh, perfect. Uh, so thank you for catching that. I was doing this very fast as we were with the problems that I was having before we went live. Uh, while I'm fixing this, you can answer the question. Right. What was your favorite subject in school? <laughs> I love it. I love it. My favorite, uh, I must tell you, I think social studies was actually my favorite subject. Um, and that with history, because I'm a, a, a huge admirer of people and, and how we got where we are. And I've studied all the religions and I've studied, you know, the wars and everything that, people, the choices that people have made all along the way to get where we are. So uh, social studies gave me the opportunity to ask questions. And, you know, I remember that going back to the fifth grade all the way through high school about wanting to know, you know, what happened when this decision was made or what prompted this decision to be made. So I, I'm going to be a geek and say social studies. Well, that's wonderful. Now, I want you to give me a number, one through nine, because we're going to, our guests are going to be really directing the direction of this show today. And it, it, just pick a number, one through nine, and then I'll tell you why in a moment. Number four. Okay, number four. Uh, interesting question. Uh, this is Alcohol Awareness Month. Oh. Does right. that affect you on any level whatsoever? Uh, sure especially in this business, you know, um, a lot of, uh, people that I've worked with have had issues with alcohol and, uh, it's no, no secret that Sam Harris, um, oh, this must've been about, gosh, I want to say 18 years ago, maybe not quite that long ago, um, realized that he was having troubles with alcohol and went into rehab and hasn't drank since then. And I, we were working very closely as we always have, but I remember going through all those steps with him and um, and he's really recovered successfully and, and has a much richer life uh, because he chose not to um, drink anymore. And he writes about it in his incredible book, Ham, yes, uh, which you do have into a wonderful show. Um, and actually, that's uh, one of the reasons why I asked you to be on the show today. I reached out to both of you to be on the show today, but he is busy preparing for a Passover Seder right now. Oh, so, he, so he could not be here. But I do appreciate the fact that you were here. Yes. Uh, so I would like you uh, to pick a number one through four. Three. Okay. And that will bring up our next guest. Yay. Michael Cole. Oh, my God. You caught me. <laughs> lucky number three, Michael. Yes. Now, do the two of you know each other? Well, I know. I know of Michael. I've never met Michael. Oh, good. I'm, I hope it's all good. Uh, yeah, what is that? I'm sorry. 
Well, for those of you who know Michael, you know that Michael is a brilliant writer. He is a brilliant songwriter. He is a composer. He uh, uh, is, I'm sorry? I'm not a composer. I'm a lyricist. Well, a lyricist. Uh, You have uh, a wonderful book called The Algonquin Kid uh, about growing up uh, out the Algonquin. Um, And... uh, I I asked Michael to come on uh, today because the theater is really reeling right now uh, as we do our wrap-up week uh, over the incredible loss of Jay Binder, uh, who we lost in the theater. Uh, And he was a dear friend of yours, Michael. Well, he was a good friend and colleague. Um, I've known him for decades and... um, he was a Renaissance man. I mean, he learned all the uh, skills. Uh, he, I, I know lots of people who took that dancing classes with him and said he could not be stopped. Um, he, you know, he, 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 he uh, was a director. He did wonderful sh- shows like he did a beautiful a pr- presentation of Jumbo. Can you imagine Jumbo being done by York? Well, he did. And um, uh, and uh, he was, you know, the, the, the go-to casting director. Um, he was responsible for casting people who went on to win Tony Awards, like uh, Kristen Chenoweth and Roger Bart. And, um, and God knows, I mean, he, he casts for encore. He uh, was responsible for all those incredible uh, um, uh, shows there. Um, and he was... Uh, my friend Lori Tanchin reminded me that he was a he was a crusader for non-traditional casting as well, and um, so um, and um, he, he was he was a great champion of my work. Which I appreciate, and um, I, um, I I'm just reeling as you said. Um, um, he was a very good friend of one of my my closest collaborators, Edward Stone, the director. And, and um, he's the one who phoned me when Ed passed away. So I was reliving that as well when I heard the news. Um, now, he was, uh, but he was old school casting director. Yes, he, yes. Uh, not only was he a great casting director, but he loved the theater. He yes. loved, I mean, not that casting directors don't love the theater. That's he not what I mean. Too. But mean, he was very knowledgeable of the theater. Encyclopedia. Yeah. I, I, there, there are few people that I can really um, talk about the theater with that I know they'll understand what I'm, what I'm referring to and, and, and quoting and so forth. Now, Michael, what do you think it was that made him a great casting director besides his knowledge of the new talent? He went out and saw as much as he could. Um, for instance, when um, I did my showcase of Tales of Town, we had a problem casting one person and he got me uh, Greg Mowry who went on to become the lead in um, Starlight um, I- Express and um, I, I didn't know him from any anywhere and uh, I mean he's he's given a lot of people their starts and and, and more and, and you know people have their favorites um, and, and I have to say Jay did too. but um, I mean I was casting one show and he um, didn't want to go with the showcase people because um, he wanted to do it his way. And somebody that he said, oh, he's not the best you can get. He, three months later, he cast that person as the lead in a major off-road show. Wow. 
Well, there was an outpouring of love, obviously, on social media today. Was there any post that you saw today that uh, jumped out at you above all others? I know that Lori's was amazing because it was really detailed in terms of uh, his history. Well, he, he was not afraid to tell you how you dressed. Uh, Nancy, uh, Nancy Anderson. Joan Barber. Uh, Nancy Anderson, he, he, she changed her outfits after that. And uh, Joan Barber was cast in Beauty and the Beast because he liked her shoes. So, um, my God, uh, everyone has their, their, their idiosyncrasies. And, uh, and Jay made great use of them. Well, that's great. Now, I want to let you know that today is also, well, today is the start of Passover. And I know that after uh, tonight, you're going to be going to a Passover Seder. Yes. Um, yes. Now, uh, anyone that we know that you're going to be having your Passover Seder with tonight? No, no, just my wife um, and uh, my son and his husband. Because we have been, we have, uh, I mean, Bobby Harwoods, we used to, uh, even though I'm not Jewish, every year at this time, I was an honorary Jewish man my husband and I, because we always spent uh, Passover Seder with Bobby Horowitz. And I regret that we're not going to be there tonight. The late Peggy Easton was at one of our Seders. Yes, yes. But, uh, mostly it's, it's, it's Mishpaka family. So uh, you're Mishpaka as well. So uh, I'd like you to pick a number, one through three. Okay, three is my lucky number. But I, isn't that the one I was chosen on? Uh, well, you can pick three as well. And that will bring on Rick and Robin Bragg Marcelli. And I am so thrilled. They were just here just a few weeks ago, as I said at the beginning of the show. They've written this incredible book, Hide Your Love Away, uh, which is an incredible book. Um, and I am so glad that you are back here again. Um, and I want to ask, uh, tell us about the week that you two have been having. And how is the book doing? Well, the book is doing great. Yes, it's so funny hearing everybody talk. One of our dreams is to try to turn the book into a play. Uh, and so it's, it's hearing uh, this conversation uh, with uh, Todd and Michael and, and yourself just started having us think we were chatting amongst ourselves thinking that, you know, we got to really pursue that. Well, you got the team right here. If I don't mind, you guys on the spot. I'll write the music. Michael will write the lyrics. Yes, that sounds like a plan. Well, we did a lot of projects, and then they got picked up by producers. Uh huh. Yes. Well, sadly, um, the person that we wrote that told us the story, I Your Love Away, passed away recently, and so we're really saddened by that. But we'd love nothing more but to, 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 you know, honor him even further by taking his story and doing something more with it. And so that's that's gonna be one of our next pursuits. So, I mean, since the book has come out, uh, your lives have changed a lot with the book. I mean, what has, I mean, what has been the biggest change that's happened with both of you since the book has come out uh, in terms of uh, what people are learning about Brian Epstein? Well, our lives have changed for multiple other reasons, as well as the book, but specifically about the book, you know, the story is, you know, sometimes people get it confused with the fact, no, this is not a biography of Brian Epstein. This is a story about a gentleman named Larry Stanton who had an intimate relationship with Brian during the time that it was horrendously illegal 
and uh, uh, and and how they had to suffer through those pains and 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 those times. Um, as we all know, that I think the year that Brian Epstein passed away, which is I believe 1967, um, the the laws of homosexuality, in other words, turning that around, were starting to change. And of course, they didn't change in the United States of America. I don't, I can't even remember. I think 2000, 2001. I mean, unbelievable. But um, it took a long time for it to start to evolve, to change, to be okay. And imagine, um, and there's still hardships now. But imagine in those days where, you know, you couldn't be intimate, you couldn't be affectionate in public, uh, you couldn't let anybody know because it would impact your business in a in a negative way. Um, so uh, Ryan and Larry shared. Um, not only did they share the fact that they were homosexuals, but they were also the same religion, Jewish. Um, and they also shared the fact that they had depression issues in common. So there was, they shared a lot. But our Besides being in the military together. I mean, they weren't together, but they were both in a branch of the military. Right. So. And, and it just became apparent to us after talking to Larry that we had to get his story out. What's he, what's amazing, I, I was I share this because we found this out, and we were really close to Larry, but we found this out two days after he passed away, that we always believed he had a roommate. We had, because that's how it was described at all times, but it was really his domestic partner, and we never really were aware of that because, again, right till his death, he was very guarded. You know, yeah, and, that, he, and that's because of that generation, you know, because they were persecuted about their, their, um, their, 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 just their want of love, you know. And so, you know, how having written the book changed our lives is we've had the opportunity to share even more of the back story to the story that we've written, as well as to meet some wonderful people such as you all. Yeah, uh, and, and it's really, it, it's, it's made us feel even better about having written the book and telling Larry's story. Well, when something like this comes along, and I think it's the timing is right when I think about what's going on in Florida and in other states as well, I think the timing of this is right. And I think it's the gift that keeps on giving. So I want to thank you both for writing this book at this time, because I believe timing is everything in this business. I know that Todd and Michael will agree with me on this. And I want to mention that today is also, um, believe it or not, it's National Bean Counters Day. Sure. Bean Counters Day. Um, does that apply to either of you on any level? Well, you know, we, we love soups. Okay. Bean soups. And, and I recently found like a 16 beans soup and I've never really, you know, pulled them all separately to find out what type of beans they are, but that's probably the closest we get. Well, send me the recipe, will you do that? I planted one in the backyard and you should see the stock. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yes, yes, Jack. That's right. So Rick and Robin, and you can decide who will pick, uh, pick a number one or two. One. Okay, and that will bring on our next guest, Danielle. And let me tell you a little bit about Danielle. Uh, Danielle, I discovered because of Lorna Loft. And when I interviewed Lorna Loft a few weeks ago, 
uh, Danielle won the giveaway at the end of the show. And she won Lorna's book uh, about the making of A Star is Born and the other productions of A, a Star is Born. Uh, Danielle is part of a brunch group that uh, Lorna is part of. And uh, so much more uh, that I'm getting to know about Danielle. And then uh, last Saturday, I interviewed Dorothy Lyman. And Dorothy spoke about Moss Hart's book. Uh, so there's a theme of the books here. And Moss Hart wrote a wonderful book called Act One about his early years in the theater. Michael Smiling, I know he knows the book very well. And you knew Moss Hart. Well, I yeah. knew Kitty Carlisle. Kitty Carlisle. And, uh, and Daniel won that book as well. So, uh, you know, and I asked her to come on today's show and uh, uh, because she keeps winning. But today, Danielle is going to, uh, she also, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do, Danielle, uh, because you're going to be giving away a free reading today. Yes. So first of all, thank you again for the wins. And Spirit definitely had a plan there because I love that the books were connected. And, you know, I we didn't even realize which book you were giving away. Um, so screenwriter of A Star is Born, it was really perfect fit. Um, but I am a medium and channel and um, energy worker. And um, I work with clients for over 15 years now, um, but I've been awakened in my gifts since my earliest memories in childhood. And um, much of my life has been about you know, remembering past lives and working with people to connect with the other side, connect with spirit, raise their consciousness, etc. And I'm very proud to work with clients all over the world because of the internet. And uh, the reading that we're going to be giving away today is um, one of the things that I do on my website, which is um, spirit animal medicine mini readings and connecting with animals to understand um, answers to our question and also provide people with a guide that can continue to show up for them uh, in physical form as that animal or as a symbol of that animal and continue to work with them in answer to their question and in pursuit of their dreams. Definitely. And I want to ask you, when did you first realize that you had this gift? Well, um, Age three, I have very, very conscious memories of um, connecting with spirit, connecting with angels, connecting with deity that I understood at that time being raised Catholic. Um, but really ever since then, I did have periods where my family, you know, was afraid for me being judged. And so I would try to censor myself, even with past life memories and things that I had to incorporate, I would try to shut that down. But it was very clear to me from an early age that I remembered those things and had those connections so that when I started doing readings and helping people, which I started at a very early age, I can have a, a vast array of experience and knowledge and uh, empathy with all types of people and all types of situations. So even as a teenager, like I would um, find that spirit would bring to me people to read mothers who had lost children because I could connect with and understand and help them through that experience. And what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about the work that you do? Um, probably that it's fraudulent or, or fake or you're pulling from um, people's expressions or information. Um, you know, one of the greatest things about doing this through the Internet as well is I can do readings just seeing people's 
comments live as they come in, having no prior experience and knowledge with them. So that really helps, I think, um, people to see that it's a, a true connection. Um, and I think also the fact that people should be doing this type of thing completely for free is a misconception in, in the public and with a lot of spiritual shaming and things. Um, while I do love to help people for free and have a lot of different price point things, you know, I've not been someone who's been able to really do other work because spirit keeps redirecting me to this um, because it's so important and helps so many people in ways that other things can't. So you know, just like everybody else, we need to be able to support ourselves so that we have enough energy to share and help from overflow and, and help inspire others in their growth and gifts as well. Well, just in the short time that I've known you, I, I, I you just amaze me and I think you're a brilliant person. So what energy are you picking up from this group that you find today? Um, I feel a lot of vibrant energy from Todd, first off. <laughs> um, yes, I'm seeing a lot of magenta energy in your aura. So, yes. Yeah, so that's, that good? Um, that's very good. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. very good. <laughs> magenta would be a lot about... Um, vibrance and blessings for new projects, new beginnings uh, is what your magenta is picking up. I'm also seeing hues of yellow in it. So that would be a lot about personal power. Yes, we also got yellow from Richard and our other guest, um, but I'm seeing yellow. So yellow is a sign of personal power and um, also about empathy when uh, a lot of empaths will have problems with with what's called the solar plexus chakra, which is the chakra energy center system right above the navel. Uh, and that is an area of our personal power, of our expression, of our ability to take stock and ownership and, and credit for ourselves and our power and our gifts. And so having that mixed with the magenta means that um, you may need to shield out some energy from others. You may be too empathetic when you're working and it might interfere with your ability to be in your full power while you're working. So working with that color yellow and even picturing some light come down and enter that area right above your navel might help you with that. Nice, thank you very much. I will absolutely take that to heart. Sure. And if anybody has a question, um, it's a little bit easier to get information when there's so many people. If someone has a question and Richard, if you're open to it, I have another thing open with the comments on YouTube. So those people can ask questions. Yes. If anyone has a question, by all means, uh, put the question, uh, pose the question and we will get that. And I'm going to ask you also, um, we um, uh, let's see, uh, it is. Uh, it's it's the day of the mushroom. Does that resonate with any on any level with you? Well, mushroom, I would think about um, fairy energy and fey energy, uh, nature spirit. Um, I would also say it's a time when I know a lot of clients and a lot of people are connecting in with um, nature medicine in terms of microdosing with mushrooms. So there could be someone watching live or in replay that's been advised by their doctor or their health team that microdosing with mushrooms might be something good for their personal mental health. I'm definitely allergic to mushrooms. Oh, you're allergic to mushrooms. <laughs> so I am going to bring on our next guest, but I want to let him know that he needs to align himself a little bit better because he's sideways. 
Uh, can you, yes, uh, he needs to, no, he has flipped, uh, he's gonna, uh, you, well. Oh, you gotta let us watch. See? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, he needs to. You need, you, you are sideways, David. Rotate the image. And he's muted as well. Turn around, David. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone, this is David Joseph. David, you're muted. You're muted, David. David, you're muted. David, you're muted. No, he's muted. Can't hear you. You're muted. We have no sound at all. Well, while we're waiting for him to get his sound, uh, I will explain to all of you who David is. David is a phenomenal designer. Uh, uh, when COVID first hit, uh, David started making masks and he made thousands of masks um, uh, in response to COVID. Uh, he is a designer for um, Melba Moore, uh, Melissa Manchester, uh, he is in town uh, now uh, designing for Beth Level, uh, who just won uh, the uh, Bistro Award. Uh, uh, he designs for uh, Lana Gordon. Yes. Uh, uh, are you seeing Chicago tonight? You're still muted. You're muted. You have no sound at all. Check no. your connection with your camera. No, you're completely muted. Yes. No, so I don't know what the problem is. Uh, maybe we'll do a reading, uh, Danielle, while we're waiting. Uh, do you, uh, why don't you uh, uh, do a reading for Rick and Robin? Uh, they just have a book that just came out and, you know, do a reading for both of them. Yeah, that'd be fascinating. Sure. Do you have a question or do you want just a general about the book or something else? Anything? It's on your own. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, about our book. Because, you know, we've been working really hard. You know, we've worked hard to put it together, enjoyed every moment of it, back and forth and uh, you know, Rick and I were very good partners in writing, and it was our first partnership in writing, which was just really fantastic. So we learned a lot about each other and from each other, which was really, you know, an adventure. And we're very happy with it all. So, yeah, yes, something about the book and perhaps, uh, you know, future ventures that might come from this book. Okay. Um, so... The first thing I felt was actually also an older female relative in spirit um, that helped orchestrate this and helped a great deal during um, the book writing. Um, I, I feel it's someone that one of you would not have met. Um, so it feels like either a grandmother or a great aunt type of level in terms of generation. And I feel her very, very present in terms of 
um, passion for writing and passion for sharing information and um, wanting to also help get this story out there. Because um, even though I apologize, I didn't hear about the book until today, um, I already picked up on that there's generational healing um, that the book is contributing to. So that was something that was pre-planned in spirit. And so it's something that um, this older female relative knew about because of the fact that um, on that end of the family, they wanted to contribute to generational healing, uh, as well as the subject of the book. You know, there's um, generational trauma that's being healed by the sharing of the story. And I also see younger um, people that will be reading the book that will be able to work through their own um, generational trauma. And if it's, you know, believed also um, past life trauma, because I see um, younger uh, people being able to read the book. And even though there are issues that probably they will luckily not have to face now, um, it is something that some of them have experienced before in former incarnations. And being able to read it in the way that you've written it will help them to understand that and heal it and clear it within their spirit, whether it's recognized or not. Oh, fantastic. That's, 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 that feels good. Thank you. And as far as future, I'm also um, hearing about a podcast. So I don't know if that's something that you're already doing or if you've discussed. That's something we, yeah, we're, we're working on trying to get together. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a big thumbs up from Spirit. And um, I also feel, take it even farther beyond the book. I feel like the rapport that you two established in your relationship by writing the book um, is going to help you speak to other things and other subjects through the podcast format. Um, I would recommend, there's a podcast by one of my favorite writers, um, Martha Beck and her wife, um, uh, Be Wildered, I believe it is. Uh, but if you look up her Instagram, uh, official Martha Beck, I believe, she has a wonderful book, The Way of Integrity. Um, you'll be able to find, they do a podcast together as a married couple. And uh, it feels like that would be something that would light the way for a little ways down the road after the subjects of the book are discussed in the podcast. Okay, wow, thank you. Wonderful. Thank you very much. You're welcome, congrats. David, are you, uh, you want to speak? David, you're still muted. David, what I suggest is that you leave and come back. Uh, close out completely and come back, and that might help. Okay. I that would help. It was fine when we did the... Uh, I know, I know. Sometimes if you open other programs during it, it can take the microphone. Are there any other? Okay, uh, he'll come back in just a moment. And um, so um, as I do with my shows, I've got some random questions while we're waiting for him to come back. So I'm just, and I'll start with you, Todd. Um, and who is the person that you have met uh, in the past week, because we're doing our wrap up. Who is the person that you have met in the last, let's say seven days, uh, who has had the freest spirit? beyond the people that you've met on this show today. I was just gonna say, we've got some wonderful people today. Uh, and Danielle, thank you for yeah. sharing your your spirit with all of us. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I did a show last night in Long Beach and the woman, the executive director of the organization that brought us in, never met her, don't even know her last name. Her name was Megan. And um, she was, really something else her, she walked into a room and it just lit up and uh i don't again i don't know her power in the organization but she was in charge 
and friendly and comfortable and confident. And it was really, really, you know, you meet those people that kind of go, whoa, well, that's something else. So I would say, Megan, whatever your last name is down in Long Beach, uh, thank you for inspiring me. Yeah. Dave, uh, David? Can you hear me, please, dear God? Yes, we can. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yay. That work. Okay. David Jones, everybody, uh, who kept us waiting. Yeah. <laughs> we can hear you, know, you now, funny, David. Richard, Richard, while everyone was being interviewed, my whole screen went black. Then you all came back. And when I came back in the little corner thing, I was crooked. But I didn't do anything. It's a ghost. <laughs> yes, as I said, it was the anxiety. It's it's National Anxiety Month, so uh, it, it just a little anxiety before you start. So welcome. So tell us a little bit about the week that you're having, because I live vicariously through you. I know you are. Yeah, the week has been good. We just got back from London. We had a COVID scare, which ended up being a fake COVID scare because we tested positive, but we really were negative. Um, come over, came to New York, and I'm working with all my fabulous ladies and uh tonight we're with when we're done with this interview we meet with beth level and i'm doing some fittings with beth for a few pieces and then we go over to 54 below but can i tell you something we did last night and richard our, our mutual friend lana gordon who was in um hadestown as persephone has now leaped over to chicago as velma kelly starring with pam anderson Pam anderson and all that and everyone rolls their eyes and everybody groans and People hate stunt casting. Well, after 25 years on Broadway, you got to do something to keep the audience going. And can I tell you, she's Pam phenomenal. Was flawless. She was delicious. She was irrepressible. She was as confident. She didn't. She didn't hold back. She hit every note. She was. It was. It was a great night of theater. And uh, I'm glad to hear that. That's wonderful. Yeah, and we get to see Lana after the show and. Uh, just these these beautiful, beautiful young people that are in my life and, and older people. I mean, look, we were with Melba Moore all day yesterday dressing her for her upcoming tour and Melissa, everybody, all the, it's just remarkable. I, I feel uh, all the work in my life and all, all the blessings have come to it's fruition. It's all culminating. It's all coming together. Yeah. And I want to talk pretty, because I mentioned, uh, you know, I don't know if you could, if you, when you were uh, muted, if you could hear us. But all the work that you've done, and God bless you with creating all the masks, uh, when uh, COVID first hit and how that all started, how many masks did, do you have an idea of how many masks you created? Oh yeah, well, let me just, one thing about Danielle. Danielle, when you were talking about fairies, I thought, oh, that's why they saved me to last. That was the perfect, that was the perfect <laughs> I, I think we have a few fairies here. Fairies. I'm definitely one myself. <laughs> Um, when COVID started, obviously everything just shut down and, and there was, it was scary and no one knew what to do. And, um, I couldn't stay home because I was eating everything but the neighbors. So I had to get my ass out of the house and do something and I can sew and governors and mayors and everybody was, were asking for PPE and uh, masks and no one had anything. So we just started. I got a pattern from the Beth Israel Deaconess Hospital and we started making masks and honestly thought that, you know, we'll do a week's worth of masks, make about 500 and be done with it. And COVID will be over. Well, 20,000 masks later, <laughs> um, we, we, we made 10,000 on our own that we donated. We did a, a big GoFundMe about two weeks into COVID and raised about $21,000 in 24 hours 
And with that, we had 30,000 masks made in Fall River, which we then donated to all the hospitals and the policemen and everybody that we could do. Then, of course, of course, we may have then made the Richard Skipper masks. <laughs> the Richard Skipper celebrates masks. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then different fabulous women that I work with, like Beth, and um, were concerned. They were like, well, how are you going to survive this year? And I would like to buy masks for my friends from you. And it was awkward. I didn't want to, I didn't want to make money from COVID, but I had to also survive. And all the wonderful women that I work with, Amy Spanger and Mary Callanan and Melissa Manchester and all these amazing ladies, let me do their likenesses on fabric, a collage of their careers. And from that, we created masks and we donated to their charities. It was everybody won from it. So, you know, we all we all got a little piece and everybody stayed safe and the masks were really safe. And and uh, now the last thing we just did was a mask for honoring the people of Ukraine. And we donated the, all the money to um, UNICEF. And oh, now it's fantastic. Done with now it's all about my my prides and my mother's of and my Broadway girls again. Good for you. Well, David, today is also National Eggs Benedict Day. Are you an Eggs Benedict Ooh. fan? Oh, dear God. Have you seen my belly? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my Dave I loves Eggs Benedict. Do you make Eggs Benedict? Of course I'm an Eggs Benedict. I'm an Eggs Benedict fan, of course. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Great. We just came from well, Junior's and just had matzo ball soup. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, they, and they make great uh, matzo ball soup. Um so um, I'm going to get back with this round of questions and uh, Michael Colby. Yes. Uh, what do you consider the most valuable quality in a friend? You talked earlier about Jay. Uh, he was, uh, you had a professional relationship with him. Yeah, Would you I consider have, him a friend? I consider him a friend. Mm -hmm. um, I have many friends and I'm very fortunate. And what, what makes a difference is if you can tell them things you can't tell anyone else. You can call them at any time. And um, they're there for you at your shows and they'll, they'll come back when the show comes back. I know that here, I'll put in a plug that all my friends are coming to see um, the uh, the uh, launch of the CD, Marina Miller's The Connections, the lyrics of Michael Colby at Don't Tell Mamas on uh, the uh, 26th at uh, 5 p.m. And they'll be going to Beijing when um, the musical um, Dangerous um, has its um, workshop in the fall. So it's, it, the ones are there when you really, the house is going to be empty. Those are my friends. That's great. And Maureen Taylor will be here on the 21st. You do know that, don't you, Michael? No. no. Yes. So she's going to be here on the 21st talking about that. So it's great. Um, Rick and Robin, uh, what kind of a relationship? Uh, well, we we talked about this before, so reiterate this again: the relationship that you both had with your parents, and I know uh, Rick, obviously the relationship you had with your father, um, and they were very supportive of both of you growing up. So, if you can reiterate that story, this question came up during your own show. So, if you can talk about the relationship you had with your parents. Well, I had a wonderful relationship with both of my parents. Uh, you know, there were a few struggles uh, at one point in our life. And, and that was because, uh, well, first of all, let me say my mother, concert pianist, very talented and very smart. There was always music in our house. I loved it. But my father also played the piano 
and and he would sing and so it was just that that part was just really happy and wonderful as i was growing up and and they both introduced introduced me to the arts as well and it's it wasn't until oh i was probably about 9 years old found out that my father who obviously was bisexual because I have siblings as well. They're four children, but decided that he was homosexual. That's what made him happy. And he was with his partner for about 35 years before, you know, they both passed away. And, and they were, you know, you know, my father's partner was, you know, it, like a mother to me and had a father as well. It was just really fantastic. And so my father gave me freedom gave me independence, exposed me to everything he could and said, you know, go ahead, explore and try different things. And whatever makes you feel good, that's wonderful. And I support you all the way. He was always there with me, always there for me. And it was just a really fantastic relationship. He was an artist as well, which I think is something I didn't tell you, Richard, last time. Uh, you know, he, he painted and I think I'm very happy to have some of his paintings in my possession now. So it's really wonderful. But, you know, all around, he gave me an appreciation of life, love, and the arts. And I'm very grateful for that. What was that line he used to say about if somebody likes you or doesn't like you? <laughs> well, I guess there's a few ways you could take it, but he would say, you know, it's, 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 remember, it's, it's not your problem if somebody doesn't like you, it's their problem. <laughs> So well, my grandmother, my grandmother used to say, uh, "What someone thinks of you is none of your business." <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. All of the same lives. Would you like to say something, Richard? Uh, well, I had terrific parents. I, I, they, well, they put me in show business when I was six years old. So I, I, that's the only thing I've ever known my whole life. I mean, starting at six, starting off as a child actor, and doing that till I was about fifteen, and. Uh, they were very encouraging of show business. You know, uh, they didn't care really about my my education or my schooling. I mean, even though I did go to school and all, but they were more about, you know, the show must go on. And uh, I, I remember as a child doing a play in LA and uh, having a fever of 102. And they said, no, you gotta go on. You know, the show's gotta go on. And I, I sort of learned, I, I might not live by that rule so much now, <laughs> but, but, but um, they, they instilled a lot of great things about um, uh, in my, in my life that I still live by. Uh, one of the things that I, I, and I took this straight through when I, as a personal manager and what have you, but that I would never chase after money. And uh, my pop would always say, don't chase after money, let money chase after you. And how you do that is creating the best product and being the best person you can be and it'll come to you. And I've always believed that's true. Um, people would be marveled at some kind of deal I made for David Copperfield or something. And it wasn't that at all. It was the fact that I set him up, and made him look so good that people were too embarrassed to, to bring me a bad deal. You know, they've always brought me a good deal. So, and that was with every, each and every client and each and every situation that I, I have, have been fortunate to deal with. But my parents were everything to me um, when they passed away. Uh, it was devastating to me, uh, but I feel 
it's interesting that about six months after they passed away, uh, they're still with me. Uh, they're in the room. They, 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 they know what I'm doing. I, I, I know it might sound corny or whatever, but this is Ask what I think. Ask Danielle about that. Well, well, you know, for both of us, we um, both feel yeah. that our parents yeah. with us and giving us some guidance all the time. And it's, you know, there's little signs that we'll hear every once in a while, you know, a favorite song or, or, or somebody says saying that, that they used to say as well. And that just touches our heart and we just feel comfortable. I will tell you, my grandmother who lives inside here, her favorite song was Moon River. Mm-hmm. And all I have to hear are the first opening notes of that song and I just burst into tears. Yeah. Oh. And I will be at a show and the... I don't care who the singer is. That song starts. I'm right. I've gone. Yeah. You know, that's what someone to watch over me does because that was my father's favorite. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's just every time I hear it, it's like, you know, hey, dad. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. Uh, Danielle, um, what one word best describes the day that you've had before coming on today's show? Mm. I think probably cycles. We were working on wrapping up some some family cycles and some uh, fixing and things with the home. And, um, you know, I felt a lot of resonance with the group, even though we didn't know who each other would be. And just wonderful, positive cycles, uh, wrapping up of some old, difficult cycles and beginning of new cycles again with things that, um, you know, have been loved before. That's great. And David, is there a memory that uh, really forms everything that you do uh, with the work that you do now and the way that you live your life moving forward? I think David's frozen. See, that, uh, and I, 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 can, I can answer that question for you. <laughs> Am I gone again? No, you're here. Okay, good. Um, Danielle, I, re- I have friends who are uh, uh, guided as well, who have spirit and see spirit. And um, uh, my friend Mark, who just got married in London, we were sitting uh, just before the wedding, and he kept looking over my right shoulder. And he just kept gazing over my right shoulder. And he said, look, this is not the proper time for me to do a reading. He said, yeah. but I see your nanny on your shoulder my grandmother, and my, I called my grandmother Nani. And through my entire career, through my whole life, when I'm sitting and sewing uh, appliques on wedding gowns, my husband will say to me, you look just like Nani right now. So it was one of those incredible full circle moments where, like Richard, you just said about Moon River, I burst into tears because my grandmother was everything. She taught me when I was nine years old how to put a fly front zipper into making a pair of pants. And she <laughs> guided me and showed me and was brilliant. She was light years ahead of her time. I mean, years and years ahead of her time. She was a designer in her own right, but she had eight kids and she sewed and stayed home and raised the kids. But um, so, yeah, I'm from a really uh, brilliantly talented family. All of my aunts, all of my cousins. Um, um, you were talking about David Copperfield uh, uh, and uh, Rick. My cousin is Matt Franco, who won America's Got Talent. He's a magician in Las Vegas. He's my cousin. So my wow. family's loaded with talent. I tell you something, 
I could be on Broadway doing Funny Girl. <laughs> so I am going to pull this uh, screen up here. We're going to give away um, a reading, uh, thanks to Danielle today. Uh, but I'm going to go around and, you know, and I spoke at the beginning of today's show on what independence means to me. And I want to, you know, wrap up this today with each of you. Todd, what does independence mean to you in your career and in your personal life? In my career, um, having the ability to make the choices that I've wanted to make. And I've, you know, I started playing professionally when I was 14 and I've, I've always been my own boss. I've never worked for somebody. I've been contracted with Disney and Universal and, and all many different organizations, but I've always been able to hold on to my own independence about who I work with, how I work and the, um, the integrity that I want to work at the level that I want to work at. So that's what it is for my professional career for my independence. When I, or for my um, personal, when I saw that word come up last week, uh, my 16 year old daughter um, was down here in Los Angeles with me and we went driving on the uh, LA freeways. And, you know, there's something about you raise your kids to be independent. And, and there it was, there was that example of independence at 16, she was driving on the LA freeways and I'm wow. like, there's, there it is. There's that independence. I release you and uh, go fly safely and put on your seatbelt, but go fly. So that's what independence is Good for feeling. me. God bless both of you. Uh, and Michael, same question, career and personal life. Well, um, I've always lived in the shadow of my, my grandparents who owned the Algonquin from 1946 to 1987. And this year I've kind of come into my own um, as a writer and getting um, recognition and um, been able to just kind of be myself. And I've been um, doing a lot of my bucket list uh, wishes and getting things on that I've always wanted to. And, and that to me is like flying, um, like Peter Pan. Congratulations. Mm, beautiful. Uh, Rick and Robin. <clears throat> okay, I'll go. I'll go first. <laughs> well, for, you know, independence for me and career, I I've had some uh, wonderful experience with people I've worked with and people I've worked for in the areas of business and management at UCLA and UCLA Extension. And, and one of the things about lifelong learning, UCLA Extension has a wonderful program. Uh, for, you know, younger generation and older generation as well. But throughout my whole life, I, I, I continue to take courses to learn and to grow. And I, I love that independence and being able to do so. I, I love the fact that, um, you know, in personal life, the, the, the opportunities to, to do what we want to do when we want to do it. The same things you said earlier, Richard, you know, spot on. That's, that's great. And, and really, that, that wraps it up. Great. Well, uh, independence. Well, I, I've always been pretty much independent, my uh, self-employed my whole life. I mean, I've had a couple of amazing bosses. I had I worked as the uh, head of development for CBS for William Self, and he was mm. definition of gentleman. He was th truly the best. And I've had a lot of um, those kind of opportunities. I had a lot of great partners. Ken Cragen, Steve Binder, Heim Sablon, uh, Ward Sylvester um, over the years. Um, but it's, it's, it's really, my life has always been about my 
my ideas, now it's our ideas and pushing those forward. But I must tell you that independence also has something to do with, with freedom of speech. And I'm all for freedom of speech. And I mean, I want to hear the good, of course, but I, I want, it's okay to hear the bad. I want to hear it all. And I, I just, I don't want anyone in the whole world to be shut up or shut down. And I think when I see the word independence, I see the, the you know, the second amendment up. Uh, and I think that we've got to really embrace that and keep it alive so we can be, be, be free to, to express ourselves, no matter what it is. As long um, as it's not hurting anybody. Well, as long as it's not hurting anybody, but you know, I'll, I think we can all recognize what the truth is. And when somebody's preaching something that's wrong, we know. Mm-hmm. But, well, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to shut anybody down. I want to keep it all out there, <laughs> so I, I'm not surprised at any. Point. So, um, but that's about it, I guess. For well, communication is important. Yeah, communication. Thank you for that, uh, Danielle. Well, first to speak to what you just said, in my line of work, we have something, uh, a phrase uh, to say, take what resonates and leave the rest. You know, mm-hmm. it's a great way to have everyone share their truth um, and understand that we're not trying to project it out there as anyone else's truth. It's just an option if anyone else would like to believe that and recognize that they resonate with it. So I think that's really important. Um, But independence, as far as career, I would say it's a lot about forging my own path, you know, finding new ways to present what I do and to reach um, more people and help people, you know, whether it's doing readings or connecting online or creating energy art, which is, you know, another thing I like to do with my gift. Um, This is a lot of new ground for people and more people are interested in this than ever. So I'm really proud to you know, continue to find that independence and that new path and help other people come into their empowerment. Because one of the things that I really dislike about the business is um, in the past, there's been a lot of codependency where people can sometimes get addicted to this type of work um, or, you know, not trust their own intuition in favor of going to a reader. And that's something that I've always worked against and love to help people find their own ways to connect, like the signs you all were talking about before, so that they know that everyone is connected. We're all just helping each other from different levels. Um, And then as far as personal independence, something we haven't discussed yet is I was actually wheelchair bound for 10 years because of an accident. Yeah. And um, I got myself out of the the wheelchair. You know, my doctors really didn't. Yeah, my doctors really didn't help much in that because they weren't sure what to do. And so with perseverance, I was able to. Bless you. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. Well, um, I'm going to, I've got an offer for you in just a few moments, which I'm going to present in a moment. Uh, And then David. Independence. Uh, It's almost a scary word these days. I've been blessed with, uh, like all of you, all of you folks, in my own career, being my own boss my whole life. So I've been doing what I do for 47 years. So I've independently done everything really right and unbelievably wrong at different times. Um, but independence, as far as the way the world is right now, it's kind of a scary word right now in America because we don't know what's going on or what's going to happen in the future. Um, but I have faith and I can only live I can only live my life in my own truth and live it independently. There you go. That's yeah. great. 
Okay, we're going to give away a reading, and let's see who is the Danielle, I want it. I want it. What's my wall? <laughs> well, Get my contact info from Richard. We'll talk. Yes. That's great. And I am, uh, let's see here who, and Pam stops. Pam. Uh, Pam shows up, and she wins a lot. I will put you in touch with each other. Uh, so congratulations, uh, Pam. Uh, don't go anywhere, uh, everyone. I want you to stick around for a moment. And David, you're on your side once again. Uh, but uh, I don't know what happened. Just <laughs> don't do anything. We might lose the sound. Um, Horizontally speaking, he's at his very best. That's right. That's right. I want to thank you all for being here today. This show was very special to me. Uh, I hope it was for all of you as well. Um, I Something very special here. Um, Todd, Michael, Rick and Robin, David. I've had the pleasure of having each and every one of you one-on-one -on, -one on this show and with Rick and Robin together. Uh, Danielle, I have not had the pleasure of just having you alone on the show. I would love for you to come back and do an that. hour with you. So um, stick around after the show and we'll pick a date and time and we'll make that happen. Uh, and the rest of you are welcome here anytime. If you've got anything to talk about, look me up, call me back, let's come back. Um, I always say that uh, I don't take lightly when you choose to spend an hour with, uh, with me, or, and I'm sure all of you feel the same way. You could have been anywhere else. You could have been uh, preparing your uh, Passover Seder tonight, uh, <laughs> dying Easter eggs, uh, doing anything else, but you're here. Even being late uh, to be, uh, you, you showed up. So that means a lot to me. Everyone who showed up, thank you, thank you, thank you. Richard, can I just interrupt for a quick second? I just wanna say thank you to you. Your support is amazing for us personally yes, and professionally. And I don't know if you hear that enough as a feedback, but we are so grateful for you. Yeah, thank, thank you so much for what you Excellent. offer to all of us. Well, thank you for that. Uh, but, for such incredible insights. Well, thank you so much. Uh, but uh, just to continue, thank you. Uh, and you're all gonna have a moment to have your final word. I'm not finished yet. <laughs> so, um, but with each of you, um, even though you've left comments here, after the show, if you can go to YouTube and leave a comment, what that will do is that will raise the ranking of this video. Danielle knows all about that because it, it's, it's all about those comments. Uh, if you are here for the first time, uh, please consider subscribing to Richard Skipper Celebrates. Tell your friends. I'm here uh, with this show every Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock. Uh, and I also want to let you know about a very special show that's happening on Tuesday night that I'm very excited about. Um, when I was a kid, uh, one of my favorite entertainers in the world, uh, she still is, uh, was Sandy Duncan. And when I came to New York in 1979, Sandy Duncan opened on Broadway in Peter Pan. And I went to see her on Broadway. And even though I was 18 years old, I sat in the theater and I cried when she flew over my head. Well, on Tuesday night, Sandy Duncan is interviewing me on this platform. So if you're all available to come back Tuesday night, I have no idea what she's going to ask me, 
But she said she's fascinated in knowing my story, which thrills me to no end. So please come back Tuesday night uh, as Sandy Duncan interviews me. Uh, thank you all for being here. I end every show by telling you we want to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Um, if you see the earthworms on the sidewalk, put them on the grass. That, that's Howard Tucker is teaching me to do. Uh, Howard Tucker, thank you for the gift. Uh, if you can all go out, and this is what I want you all to do. I want you to go to Amazon.com, or I want you all to go your favorite bookseller, and I want you to order two copies of Hide Your Love Away. Don't hide your love away. Order Hide Your Love Away. Yes. I want you to order two copies. Keep one for yourself. And then I want you to go to your Facebook friends list and I want you to reach out to the sixth name that pops up and I want you to send a copy to that sixth person. And then I want you to call that sixth person and I want you to tell them that you just ordered a copy of this book for them. And I want you to tell them what your love for them means to you because we don't do enough of that. What I saw today with Jay was all these people telling everybody else what Jay meant in their lives, what he meant as far as their careers were concerned, what he meant as far as their lives were concerned, what he meant as far as how he changed their lives. Would it have been wonderful if those posts were on there two weeks ago, hmm. so that he could have seen those posts? Yes. We don't see enough of those posts and that's the message that I hope that Jay's passing will impart to all of us. We need to do that more often instead of waiting until someone passes away uh, yes. to do those posts. Yes. So that's the message that I want Jay's passing uh, to bring with all of us. And that's where I want to leave this show today. Um, my dear friend, Sean Moniger, always says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. Uh, you never know what someone else is going through right now. And as I end with the show, I always say, if you're going to go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. <laughs> so I'm going to give each of you a chance to have your final word. Uh, anything that you want to say about anything that we talked about today that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message that you want to leave everyone with right now. And this is how we're going to do this. I'm going to give each of you your own independence. So I'm going to start with you, Todd. Uh, and then when you finish, you pick whoever you want to have the next message. And then when that person finishes, you will pick the next person until there's none. And then when the last person has the final message, don't worry about how to end the show. Because when you say goodbye, the final credits will roll. And then go out and spread love in the world. That's my message for today. And I wish you all a happy uh, Easter, a happy Passover. And remember, this is a time of rebirth and spring and flowers. I know Robin loves her gardens. And her yes. flowers. So yes. good night. And Todd, you've got the platform. Right. And Danielle, stick around after the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, thank you uh, to Richard for uh, being so supportive. And it's been so great to meet all of you. And I'm going to now stalk all of you and find out everything I can about all of you. 
and um, and do what Richard did, which is support all of your endeavors. And um, please stalk me and support my endeavors. I was going to say ditto. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I love that that we have this form all together. It was nice doing the one on one, but being all together, there's a. It really reminds us the sense of community and how important it is that um, all these different walks of life we come together and inform and enrich each other. So, thank you to all of you. Thank you to Richard, and um, I feel very blessed today. So, have a great one. Thank you, uh, Michael. You're on. Okay, um, I want everyone to celebrate this holiday weekend. We've had a drought of family getting together. And uh, I know everyone can't do this, but I'm grateful that there's so much to celebrate and so much family to be with and, um, and so much hope for the future with this week weekend of resurrection and emancipation. Um, Rick and Robin. <laughs> well, first, I, I wanted to share something with, with you all, and that is about a week ago, I was outside watering the plants, and I saw this, this cute little thing flying around. You know, God's creatures are just amazing. And, and it looked like a hummingbird, but not quite. Looked it up, and it was a, I think it's a striped hummingbird moth. It was just so unique and flying around eating nectar from all the flowers, and, and so I, they said that it's rare to see them. So I called them, you know, when Danielle mentioned fairies, they were my little tinkerbells. And it was just, <laughs> it was just, you know, made me feel really happy. And, you know, I wanted to say, Richard, you're one of the kindest, most generous human beings I've, I've, I've probably ever met. I mean, to this day. And you make I, us happy. And, and the fact that you are so kind to promote our book and so sweet about it. I just, I'm, we're really grateful to, to yes. know you and, and we're feel honored to be a part of this show. Um, uh, God bless you. Uh, I happy Passover to everybody and happy Easter to everybody. And today is good Friday. I guess it's been good for everybody, but Jesus, but, uh, um, but God bless everybody. Yes. And thank you. Thank wonderful, you. wonderful group. Let's this go to David. Wonderful. Can't hear you. <laughs> okay, I guess it's my turn. <laughs> Sorry, David. Um, so I, I wanted to speak for a second to what Robin said, which is that's beautiful about the story about the hummingbird moth. Um, and it's so in line with what we were drawn to give away today, which is the spirit animal medicine mini reading. Um, I'm constantly amazed and surprised by the depth of the messages that spirit animals can bring through for people, which is why, you know, I offer that as well. Um, it's a great sign for, for rebirth and hummingbirds themselves are wonderful signs for good luck and good fortune. So in combination with the moth there, it's a sign of good fortune and a positive rebirth, which is a wonderful thing, especially now in this season. Um, and I also wanted to speak to what Richard said about not waiting until people pass away, you know, um, 
for anyone who's listening, something that I've been very blessed and guided to do with my clients from the beginning is um, to help them find symbols with their loved ones, um, not only in spirit, but their loved ones before they pass away. You know, I've worked with the dying and I always advise people, if you are fortunate enough to know in advance that someone is going to pass away um, or even way in advance, have a conversation with your loved ones, pick out signs and symbols where you can connect with each other from the other side um, after one of you passes away because it really helps our mind to take that symbol on and to believe in it so that we don't have to do so much of as they say in the theater suspending the belief and when the sign does come through from our loved one in spirit we already have a baseline having spoken about that here in the physical world to believe it and then we could recognize them faster in spirit and we can continue the connection more fluently and more frequently. So I hope that helps anyone, um, you know, who's struggling or has had a loved one um, be diagnosed with something. And even if your loved one has already passed away, you know, everyone was wonderful in speaking about symbols that they already know and recognize from their loved ones. It's never too late to pick those things out. And um, while I would love to work with any of you, you don't need someone like me. There is always connection available to you and spirit and your loved ones uh, and your higher self will always make a way. Um, so thank you so much, Richard, for having me. Anyone who was interested in the readings and didn't win like Pam did, you can find um, more on my website, which is damseldesigns.com, D-A-M-C-L designs.com. Um, or you can connect with me at These Enlightened Edits. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram for that, but I have some content here on YouTube as well. So I would love to connect with you. I have a um, live group reading tonight, actually later tonight. So uh, if you really want to work together right away, you can hop in there and buy um, your Zoom ticket if you would like. Otherwise, you can catch up for more information through my website and my social media. And I hope to see you again another time and answer more of your questions as well. Blessed holidays, Ramadan as well, I don't think we mentioned. So blessed Ramadan, Easter and Passover, um, or absolutely anything you celebrate. And I wish you lots of love. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.